A psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray before we begin the teaching of this text. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you. It is a joy to be with your people. It is a joy to have you listen to your word read out loud. I ask that you'll be with us, that you'll be with our pastor, and be with all those we have mentioned for prayer. Father, you know that we are people who hurt, and you care deeply for us and about us. May this text that we have selected this morning be a help to us. It is in the name of Jesus Christ, our beloved King, our Savior, and as this text tells us, our shepherd that we pray. Amen. The purpose of this psalm that David writes is to draw the people of God to trust in the leading of God. Because when the people heed the leading of God in their lives, the Lord provides for his people. Now, as believers in this age, the Lord has already provided for us eternal security. We don't have to worry about where our future lies if we believe in Jesus Christ, because that is already settled. But in this text, as we'll see, there are things that when we heed the lead into God's life, we will have peace, we'll have comfort, because we are following the shepherd. In this text, we also see that the Lord is who completes the believer. In Colossians, Paul brings that out as well. Be complete in the Lord. You're not complete in yourself. You're not complete in any idea or any even church, church organization or political party. But you're only found complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. Several years ago, during the potato famine in Ireland, there was a family who decided, who saved up for years and left Ireland. They were a very poor family. They finally had enough money to buy tickets to come to America. Well, on their trip over to America, the family bought some bread and cheese. Well, after three days of eating cheese sandwiches for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the youngest of the children complained and complained to the father. He went as far as to say, Dad, if I eat another cheese sandwich, I am going to die. Well, the father, after being berated by the young child for hours on end, finally gave the child his last nickel and told him to go to the galley where they served the food and said, get you an ice cream cone. Well, the child left and an hour passed. Then another hour passed. And then another hour passed, and the child finally returned. The father, exasperated, asked, where have you been? It's been three hours. 
The child responded, well, I had two ice cream cones and a large steak in the galley. The father replied with total shock, you got all of that for a nickel. The child responded, oh, it came with the price of the ticket we already purchased. We just had to go use it. Church today, that's true in our lives. We have everything provided by our Lord. We just got to be faithful in pursuing it. We got to be faithful ourselves in using what the Lord has provided. This morning in this text, I want to share with you the four ways that the shepherd completes the believer. Notice with me, firstly, that the first way the shepherd completes the believer is he cares for the needs of the believers. Notice with me in verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. David writes this psalm. We are not, I'm not totally sure when David has written this psalm, but what I am certain of is David is looking back on his life and he's reflecting on how God has been there throughout all of it. David is looking back on his life and he's saying, yeah, God was there. He could be writing this and thinking of when he went against Goliath and his response The Lord was there. The Lord led me through that. He could be thinking as he's penning these words of when King Saul decided to kill him because Saul was jealous of how the people loved David. And even though David ran, David could still say, The Lord was there with me. It could be later in his life when his son Absalom rebelled and usurped the throne. And he can still claim, the Lord was with me. The Lord led me through that. But I want us to understand that if there's one key word in the first verse here that we need to take time to understand. First, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. David knows what a shepherd is, and that's why he pins these words. But the word I want us to pay attention to is the word, I shall not want. Because when we see this word, everything else in this text comes alive. Because when we see, I shall not want, that tells us that the Lord being our shepherd provides everything for us. That as we look here, when David says, I shall not want, David is saying in this first section that we were looking at that David does not have any need for spiritual needs because the Lord had provided it for him. Church, that's true of us today. We don't have any need for spiritual wellness because the Lord already provided it for us. We sung a lot this morning of the death of Christ. Our spiritual needs was met when Christ suffered and died for our sakes. When we came to faith in Christ, that was applied to our lives. That we, as believers, don't have a need for spiritual needs because the Lord already took care of it. But notice here what David says. 
He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his sake. There's a lot here that deals with spiritual needs. First, I think we could all recognize in the very first line in verse 3, he restores my soul. But I want us to understand that throughout all of history, God has allowed people, men, to lead his people. Israel was no exception. In Ezekiel chapter 34, and we'll just touch briefly, we won't look at the whole text, but if you will, just turn there because there's a few key words we need to look at in that text. And Ezekiel was writing this, and this is woes against the shepherds of Israel. Notice in verses 1 through 10, notice what Ezekiel prophesies about. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Now these shepherds of Israel, these were the people who were taxed with leading the people of God. These would be the priests of Israel. These would be the prophets. These would be everybody who had a role to play in leading the people of God. And notice what God says about these people. Prophesy and say to them, say to the, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, all shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the sheep? Notice he continues on. You eat the fat, you close yourself with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. What a condemning mark against these people. The Lord cares about his people. These people were to be the one caring for the people of God, and they feed themselves. These people, as Christ would dictate later in the Gospels, these underlings, these hirelings who had no care for the sea. These are what these people were. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones. You do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they are scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountain on every high hill. My sheep were scattered all over the face of the earth with none to seek, search or seek for them. Just in these few verses we've seen in the beginning of this prophecy against the leaders of Israel, we've seen that even though they are called shepherds, the Lord says, my people had no shepherd to lead them. My people who, who need spiritual care had nobody to lead them. But I want us to understand, the Lord did not leave the people without a shepherd. If we jump down to verse 11, notice what the Lord says. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I'll re rescue them from all the places they have been scattered. On a day of clouds and thick darkness, 
And I'll bring them out of the peoples and gather them from all countries and will bring them into their own land. And I'll feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited country. I'll feed them with good pastures and on the high mountains of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lay down in good grazing land and on rich pasture. They shall feed on the mountains of Israel. And get this in verse 15. I myself will be their shepherd. Coincidentally, we turn to John 10, 11, and 14. What does the Lord respond? I am the good shepherd. Ezekiel 34, the first part. My people are without a shepherd. They're without people caring for their souls. They're with people who would rather harm them than help them. The latter half of Ezekiel 34. I myself will become their shepherd. Get to the Gospels, our Lord and our Savior. I am the good shepherd. Because the good shepherd cares for the spiritual needs of the people. The good shepherd does not leave the sheep. The good shepherd does not feed off the sheep. He cares and feeds the sheep. Notice, the shepherd is tasked with caring for the flock. Notice, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. It's the Lord leading here. These leading in green pastures, it's comfort, it's care. It's rest for the sheep. We look in Hebrews, enter into my rest. Or even when Jesus is speaking, come to me all you who are heavy laden. Come to me all you who are burdened. I will give you rest. This psalm is speaking right here. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He's speaking of rest. There's no need to fear because there's rest here. There's nothing that will harm the sheep, but there is rest here in the green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. These still waters, what, what a shepherd would do is when the stream was running, the shepherd would dam up a pool so the sheep could go down and not be spooked by what's going on. But I want us to understand that this caring for the sheep applies to us today. We look at Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. In 1 Peter 2, 2, we speak of the spiritual need of the word of God in our lives. But I want us to understand, the word of God is not provided by ourselves. It's provided by the Lord. 1 Timothy the word of the God is inspired. It's God's breathe into the word of God. Why? To equip the believers. To make the man of God right for rebuke, for reproof. The Lord provided that. Here we are looking. The Lord is providing for his people. He leads me beside still waters. We can also say, uh, with Christ, concerning Christ, 
He is the water of life. And he's saying, I, I will lead them beside still waters. But I want us to understand, because Joey shared this with me this morning. The still waters don't come from the mountain peaks all the time. They come in the valleys. These still waters are in the valleys, the people of God. And as we understand that Jesus is the water of life, Jesus is in the valleys of our lives as well. That Jesus is not a distant God who is not there to care for us when we are hurting, but he is there for us because he is that good shepherd. He is the God who cares deeply for his people. God could have easily, after Adam fell, been done with the world. But God is a gracious God. God does not desire wrath. God does not desire punishment. He desires mercy. He desires grace. Yes, he, he does have to deal in just but him, Dylan, and Jess came in the form of Christ suffering for our sakes. Because Christ took that punishment for us. But here we see the shepherd caring for his people. The shepherd caring for the sheep. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. You are not being led in the path of righteousness for your own glory. You're being led in the path of righteousness to resemble our Savior. You're being led to give glory to God. But He, he restores your soul. Oh, oh what a, a marvelous thought. He, he restores my soul. David is very personal with this. Again, David could possibly be writing this later in his life, as he's reflecting on his life, and he could be thinking, when he writes, he restores my soul of the many sins he has committed against God. He could be writing this psalm, reflecting on the sin he committed with Bathsheba. How he had a man murdered to cover his own sin. He could be writing this when God after God had told him, do not count how many men of Israel there are in the land. And David, being tempted, counted how many, how strong his forces was, and God sent judgment upon the people, and people lost their lives. But David understands that God does not leave us in despair. David here understands, and we should understand today, that God does not leave us without hope. Because our hope is found in Jesus Christ. Our hope is found that He restores our soul. That even in the midst of our failures, Christ is still faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. The Lord provides for His people by caring for the spiritual needs of His people. But notice next, He, he doesn't just care for the spiritual needs of the people. He also completes the believer by showing how he cares for the emotional needs of his people. Notice in verse 4, 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This valley of the shadow of death, I'm told, is an actual place in Israel. That when it hits, there is deep shadows and ravines that you can't easily see. But the shepherd, caring for his flock, leads them through that valley. That there will be no fear of evil. We think of the Good Samaritan. An Israel person is traveling and he's overtaken. He's beaten and left for dead. Again, thinking of how the people of God cared for the, the people. We see the priest come by, sees him and goes, no, I'm not, I, I don't see that guy over there. We see other religious figures come by and care, do not care for that person who has fallen. But a good Samaritan comes by. But here we see in the valley of the shadow of death, we do not have to fear of something overcoming us because the shepherd is there with us. We, as believers today, we don't have to worry necessarily of falling into sin because our shepherd is there to lead us out of that sin. We need to be faithful in following him. We don't need to be faithful in following our own footsteps or what we think is right, but we need to be watchful of how the shepherd is leading us. Because we understand that the Lord does not lead us to sin, but the Lord leads us to righteousness. That's exactly what this text says. He leads me besides the waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness. That even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because the shepherd is there. At every stage in a believer's life, the Lord is there. Whether you're struggling or you're not struggling, the Lord is there. Whether you're on the mountain peaks or if you're in the valley, the Lord is there caring for you. But notice he says, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. We, David didn't fear any evil because he was a strong soldier. David didn't necessarily fear no evil because he worshipped God. He feared no evil because the Lord was with him. But I want us to understand this. That when David is penning this, there is something different between when David penned these words and saying the Lord is and when we say the Lord is with us. Because at this time, the Spirit has not come and indwelt believers. But as us, as believers, the Holy Spirit is inside of us, living. And because of that, we could say these very words, that even though I'm walking through the toughest, most struggling part of my life, I will fear no evil. I will not fear what comes about me because the Lord is with me. Church, we don't have to look long at martyrs to see that they held 
these very words. There are multiple, I can't think of their names right, right offhand, but as they were lead, being led to the stake to be burned, they were joyous and happy. Not because they were dying, but because the Lord was with them. The Lord is with us today. We don't have to fear evil. We don't have to fear what comes about us because the Lord will take care of us. Jesus is speaking of the sparrow and, and all these other things. And he says, your heavenly father cares about the little bird. Don't you think that your heavenly father cares about you? Our God cares deeply about us. He cares for your spiritual needs and he cares for your emotional needs. Because church, we need to understand that emotions are part of humanity. And God cares for that. Again, God is not a distant God. There are some who believe that God created the world, He got it spinning, and then just left it. That is not the God of the Bible. Because the God of the Bible is very personal. He cares about us. The separate cares about us. We look at Hebrews when, when the author of Hebrews is writing about the high priest. The author of Hebrews brings out the, the high priest is not indifferent. He doesn't know how we feel, but the high priest knows exactly how we feel because he's there with us. The Lord is with us today. But as we come to the end of this verse, we see your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now we need to understand what these, the rod and the staff is. Now the rod is a piece, it's about a rod about three foot long, and the shepherd would use it to defend the sheep. That when wild beasts would come, the shepherd would take this and fend off the wild beasts to care for the sheep. And the staff, the shepherd would take it and guide the sheep. That when the sheep would get too far off the path, the shepherd would reach out with that staff and push them back into the way. When we see in this verse that he's speaking of the valley of the shadow of death, we see that David is thinking of this staff as guarding us so we don't fall off the mountain as we're going down into the valley. Because our shepherd, our God, is there with us. Today, this would be a, an encouragement to us. Because listen to what the author of Hebrews also says. In Hebrews 13.5, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That in all the days of our lives, the Lord is there with us. Whether we're on the mountain peaks or we're in the valley, the Lord is with us. Whether we are struggling or we are at peace, the Lord is with us. 
be quite frankly, when you look at the world today, we see that anxiety is on the rise, depression is on the rise, stress is on the rise. All these afflictions are on the rise. But when we look to our shepherd, we find that he cares and completes us, and he cares for our emotional needs. That we, when we are anxious, the Lord cares about us. That when we worry, the Lord cares about us. That when we are facing sickness, and we are worried about what the outcome may be, the Lord is with us. When we look at our prayer list and we see that long list of all those people who are facing cancer, facing other illnesses, we have hope. That even if we are on that list, we can say we have hope because the Lord is with us and He cares for us. Next, as we continue through, we see that the third way the believer is completed by the shepherd is shown how he cares for our physical needs. Notice in verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. The Lord cares for his people. The Lord is there and he, he is there for his people. And he's going to provide for his people. And in this verse 5, the Lord is demonstrating to those that oppose his rule that he is the good shepherd, that he is a gracious king. Notice, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is demonstrating to those who have rejected Christ this is what you have missed out on. How the Lord provides for his people. Again, thinking of how anxiety, depression, and, and all these elements are on the rise in our lands today. We can have hope and courage because we trust in the Lord. And the Lord provides us the need for that. He provides what we need to take care of that. One person concerning this passage, especially towards the end, with the cup overflows, writes this. David's cup symbolizes his lot in life, which overflowed with abundant blessings. David is writing this psalm with a heart of thankfulness to the Lord for caring for him. David is writing that the Lord is his shepherd. David is writing that he will fear no evil because in all his life, God has been there. In all his life, the God of Israel, Jehovah, has been there to care for him. And I'm sure David would argue Jehovah did not just care for David. That David was not the only one that God has ever cared for but that God cares for all. 
we must be faithful in, lead, in following His leading. We must heed Him, not ourselves, but we must follow Him because it is in following Him that we are completed by Him. He, prepared, he, he is there. He provides our physical needs. Notice what Matthew writes in Matthew 6, 31 and 32. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly fathers knows that you need all these things. The Lord is there to provide for our needs. Church, are you aware that we do not have a need that is so great that our God cannot easily provide it for us. There is not a single need that we can muster up before the Lord and God say, I'm sorry, guys, that's, that's too much. That is too, that is far beyond my power to handle. There's no such thing. That God, when we proclaim to him we have a need, he is there ready to meet that need for us. Our Lord cares for the physical needs. He cares for the spiritual needs. He cares for the emotional needs. But notice lastly that the fourth way the shepherd completes the believer is sown and how he provides for our eternal needs. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David knows and understands that in the Lord, in the God of Israel, and now as we are looking back and the prophecy of Christ has been fulfilled, in Jesus Christ, our eternal needs are met. Verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me after me all the days of my life. In commenting on this Spurgeon was looking at the landscape of his day, and everybody had horse and carriage. They didn't have automobiles, but they had horses and carriages. And if you was really wealthy, you had bodyguards who would stand on the back of the carriage to watch over you. He said, as believers today, we have bodyguards, and they're named goodness and mercy. Then no matter where we go, Goodness and mercy are there for us. We think in lamentation, Jeremiah is prophesying. As he's prophesying, he, he's easily looking over the hills and he's seen Jerusalem engulfed in flames. He sees smoke billowing out of the temple. He's watching the Jewish people run and being captured and led into Babylon. He proclaims to the Lord, I have no peace. My peace is gone. My hope has dissipated. But this I recall in my mind, and therefore I have hope. That the mercies and goodness of God are there. That they are new every morning. 
the Lord provide for our eternal needs. We see that in the goodness and mercy that they are following after us. They, they are intended to overcome us, to be there with us. And that they're new every morning. But notice lastly, he says, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David understands that in Jesus, or at this point in, as he's writing this, that in God, Jehovah, but as we were looking at it Pat, now, looking back at the full canon of scriptures, we could say in Jesus, in Christ, our eternal needs are met. That we do not have to worry about what tomorrow may hold because Christ holds our eternity. That there is nothing that can draw us away from the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Paul writing in Romans, For I am convinced that neither death, nor sword, nor famine, nor pestilence, nor anything, not even angels, can separate us from the love of God. We have no need for eternal matters because it's already taken care of. We need that mercy. We need that grace. And the Lord provided it for us. As I stated at the beginning, the purpose of this psalm is to demonstrate to us that we need to follow the leading of the Lord in our lives. Because when we heed the leading of the Lord in our lives, He provided for us. And that the believer can only be complete in the Lord. Quickly, as a review of everything we just went over, the first way that we've seen that the believer is completed in the Lord is shown in how the shepherd cares for the spiritual needs of the believer. And we've seen that in verses 1 through 3. We've also seen that the second way the believer is completed in the Lord is how the shepherd cares for our emotional needs. In verse 4, third, we saw how the shepherd cares and completes the believer by how he cares for our physical needs. And lastly, we saw how the believers could be found complete in the Lord by how he cares for our eternal needs. Several years ago, there was a man by George Mueller. I'm sure some of you guys recognize that name, but he was a, a man who opened up orphanages all over England. However, having multiple orphanages and multiple orphans required finances to care for those children. The problem was is Mr. Mueller didn't always have the finances needed. But the need was always met. There were, it's been told there were multiple times that when they'd get up in the morning they would prepare the tables for the orphans not having any food for breakfast. But Mueller and others would pray that God would provide. And before it was time to serve the children, that need was met each and every time. It wasn't because Mueller was a great leader. It wasn't because Mueller did anything extraordinary, 
is simply because Mueller believed that the Lord would provide for every need that he needed. Today, we can be complete in the Lord. We just need to be following after him. As I stated in that opening illustration I gave, the Lord already provided it. We just need to use it. If you're not using it today, may you come to use it now. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you.